Welcome to Cryptobiography. I'm your host, Brandon Starr. This is episode 345 of Cryptobiography, and it's part 16 of Tomorrow. And here we go. They entered. There was no other open door, so the two guards who were watching stayed by the large open entry. Delilah went around the several wagons, and Betty tried to pretend to be actually interested in them. Really, she was looking for anything that she might swipe without being seen that could help her. At the far end of the garage, there was a wagon that Delilah seemed to think would do well for a citywide tour. Her words were pouring out of her mouth at an incredible rate. But Betty had noticed that there were a lot of tools on the wall behind the wagon, and best of all, she saw a multi-tool. Several of her neighbors had owned multi-tools. They were hardy and extremely useful. As they were all from pre-inundation times, they were also old, with some tools being partly broken. But still, they were treasured and there was one in the garage. She had gone through the tools of her multi-tools of her neighbors, and they had all had saws. She looked back over at the guards, but they were watching her closely. She still played it casual, as though she were focused strongly on the wagons. They chose, with Betty's help, the wagon furthest from the big open door. Betty had a shrewd idea they'd be coming back to this place and wanted to have as much range in the place as possible. They did come back, only two days later. Betty had been practicing at night in her mind. She knew what she was looking for. A moment where she was close to the tool, but the eyes of Delilah and the two guards were elsewhere. She had an idea of how to arrange that as well. There was a container of manure held above a wheelbarrow, but she'd seen that that when the manure was released, the worker had to hold the wheelbarrow because it wasn't steady enough on its own. And so, when they were going back to the garage and the guards were lifting the garage door, she took a couple of steps back and partly opened the manure to hit the wheelbarrow below. The spattering noises when it started were covered by the sound of the big door being raised. By the time it was up, the spatterings had quieted as the wet manure was now hitting more wet manure below. Betty had already stepped back around the corner, and Delilah, whose stream of comments and opinions had never slowed, seemed not to notice she'd been out of sight at all. They went back into the garage and Delilah had the guards pull the wagon out that was in the way of the one they wanted. She was going to bring the wagon outside so she could get a better lit view of it and make sure there was nothing to fix. The guards lazily pulled the first wagon straight out of the garage and onto the cement pad, which had seen better days. They barely moved it enough to get the wagon they wanted out, but as they started to pull it out of the garage, there was a large crashing noise. The guards and Delilah jumped and then ran out and around the wall. When they did, Betty immediately had the tool in her hand. She had planned for this, too. She didn't trust that she uh, could hold on to the tool from this moment until she made her break. But since she would need to be in the yard anyway, she'd already decided to stash the tool. There was a rock near the corner. She'd be expected to follow them, so she only had a moment. She lifted it up and dropped the tool behind it. It fell back into place, looking almost exactly as it had before. The guards had shut off the manure. They had righted the wheelbarrow, and one of them trotted off, presumably to ask for someone to come and clear the manure away. The other guard looked suspiciously at Betty, but she had come around the corner so quickly, 
He seemed to think she might have done it on purpose as a minor rebellion. Delilah, true to her nature, had not stopped talking. More manure just means more plants, just means more flowers, just means a prettier wedding, she was saying now, and then moved on to the subject of flowers and what types she felt they should use and how many and where they would be. She did not seem to care or suspect that Betty had anything to do with the toppling wheelbarrow. That night, some clouds came in. It was making it very dark, but that suited her just fine. She took her homemade cloth rope with the knotted end. She could barely fit out the window. With the cloud cover, the yard was exceptionally dark. She was on the second floor, and having made as many preparations as she could out inside her room, she tied the rope around the bar at the foot of her bed. The bundled knot at the end would guarantee that the rope wouldn't come loose while she can't climb down, but it also meant she had no way of bringing it down with her. She lowered herself down. It ended above the ground, but she dangled at the end, and though she couldn't see the ground well, she didn't think it was that far. She let go and was not hurt when she landed a fraction of a second later. She took a moment to get her bearings. She knew right where the rock was and where it was in relation to the tree. The guards had no strong lights, but they could light lanterns if they suspected something was up, and she had seen that happen on many nights. So she moved slowly, slinking near the wall. Her eyes were straining to see details, and her ears were alert to any noise. She made her way to the corner of the garage, felt rather than spotted the rock, lifted it up, and took out the multi-tool. Then she made her way to the bamboo stand. It was so dark, she had a hard time telling which one was the tall one she needed to cut. But after a while, she was sure she had the right one. She opened the tools until she found the saw, and then set to work. Doing it by hand wasn't easy, and it was going to take a while. But worse, it was somewhat noisy, not terribly noisy as she was doing it carefully by hand and was also stopping regularly to listen for any hint that someone was catching on to what she was doing. There was a bit of wind picking up, but that made her glad. She'd worn enough clothes that this wouldn't make her too cold, and the wind was helping cover her noises. One thing she had hoped would help, but she couldn't have been sure of until she tried, was that the bamboo, which was already slightly leaning toward the fence, would bend more and more as she cut the side away from the fence. This turned out to be true. Also, as the bamboo was hollow, once she got through the outer layer completely, she could then cut on one side, then the other. She was making progress, but it was difficult. Twice she needed to stop because she heard noises that made her fear being caught. One of those times it was a guard coughing. But apparently they were still at their station because they did not come near. Finally, she could see the bamboo was starting to move under its own weight. Betty quickly took off her shoes and socks, stuffed the socks and the toes of the shoes, and tied the shoes together. Then she draped the shoes around her neck. Finally, she took the saw back up and worked rather frantically to get it to finish toppling, knowing that the sound and possibly even the sight of the bamboo falling would be investigated. It finally went with much popping and groaning and fell heavily against the wall at something near a 45-degree angle. She gripped the bamboo and started shimmying up. She could hear questioning voices, and not one but two lanterns lit up the yard. It still wasn't particularly bright, but she had little doubt that they would spot her soon. And that was true. About halfway up the bamboo, she heard the first cry of recognition that told her she'd been spotted. She redoubled their efforts, and by the time they arrived, she was about two-thirds of the way up. 
They jumped up at her and snatched at her clothing, but were just a little short. These guards were of the obese upper class and couldn't get much of a jump. She kept moving, but then they got the idea of shaking the bamboo. They had several of them, and they were all large. This was balanced against the fact that the bamboo was quite heavy, and that its full weight had stuck into the top of the fence between two slats. Also, the nearer she got, the less effect this would have. Still, the bamboo swayed alarmingly, and she clutched close to it. Soon the shaking weakened. She stole a look down and saw that, though two were still trying to shake it, three others were racing off. She wondered what they were up to, but soon she heard the garage door creaking open. They're going into to the garage for tools to knock me off, she thought. And soon after that, if she... F if they felt she might make it, they were going to run out and around. The bamboo was a good way from either of the gates, but it wouldn't take long. She started up again. The bouncing was, as she suspected, less pronounced as she approached the wall. Soon she was directly over the wall itself, and the guards were shouting. They would be running around soon. She shimmied a bit further, then swung her legs around. She hung from under the bamboo, but it was still a good way up. She had no choice. She let go and tried to absorb the drop by rolling. Still, it hurt, and a stab of pain went through her left ankle. Desperate, she stood up. Her ankle wasn't broken, but it hurt. She had prepared for this moment and knew the direction she wanted to take, one that would be away from either of the gates. She hobbled away, and as she turned the first corner and the gloom fell again, she could hear the guards coming out of the gates. A glance behind her showed several lantern lights were coming from that direction, weakly showing the fence in random patterns as they came towards her. And that's the end of the episode for this week. Obviously, uh, we've had another big moment in the story, so hope you're enjoying this. I am enjoying writing it. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Mastodon. And thanks for listening. Words and Music Copyright 2024. Brandon Starr, all rights reserved. Characters and events are fictional, fictionalized, or satirical. <laughs>